Welcome back to Uncorked. This is Steph, and today I was joined with Jody. I met Jody about a decade ago in the halls of Lululemon. He had a juice company and this orange turmeric juice, I think it was orange, and it just radiated aloha. He imported his turmeric from Hawaii, and oh gosh, it just felt like you were drinking life in a beautiful glass jar. I remember him coming to Lululemon at the time and, and delivering juice. And I, I always was so stunned. I, I was in awe. How did I get so lucky to cross paths with this beautiful human and a business that he and his wife had so beautifully, carefully, thoughtfully curated? It was called the Juice Box back then, renovating our relationships with juice boxes. Gosh, he did it so well. He sold that company shortly thereafter, and he and his wife went on to do many other things. And here we are 10 years later, and he's popping up on LinkedIn, talking about his new business called Sundays and renovating our relationship this time with the oldest cookie in history, the Oreo. This time it's a low carb, no sugar, full of fun, here to make memories kind of cookie. And we jumped back on and I just looked at this man and said, wow, you've changed so much and not at all and I am so grateful for all of his lines of wisdom. This is radical. This changed my perspective in the raw vegan who used to deliver juice to now the cookie monster living on Vancouver Island. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed speaking with Jody. Here to jam. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. Gosh, Jody, we were riffing before we hit record and I was like, no, 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 please, please, please stop. I need to record all of these things. You're saying too many wonderful nuggets that we don't hear about enough of what it means to be a founder and so many other things. And yet before we dive in, can we take one step back and say, hello, it's been a long time. Hey, Steph. (laughs) Oh, you just, I just think of turmeric juice when I look at you. And green juice. Yes, of course. Of course. big, Big green juice fan. Can you introduce yourself for us? Tell us who you are, Jody. My name is Jody. I live in Victoria, British Columbia. I'm a serial entrepreneur and currently in the food and beverage space. Uh, and I'm currently the CEO and founder of a company called Sundays. And we're about to launch the first of its kind, low carb and no sugar Oreo cookie. Okay. I have to ask before I dive in, um, what is the trademark law like when you refer to your cookie like an Oreo cookie? So I can refer to it in, in any way that I want. I cannot, you know, anecdotally, conversationally can be referred to however you want. Obviously, Oreo is a trademark of Mondelez. And so we can never use that word in our packaging or in our marketing. There's way more of an emotional charge mm. with the word Oreo than there is sandwich cream. Right. Got it. And so... It, you know, I just want to sort of like be able to clearly communicate what the product is. And so Oreo gets it right there. Got it. Do you have a personal relationship with Oreos? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Like, I mean, I grew up eating them. So yeah. just as a backstory. So by dollars, Oreos the number one selling cookie brand in the world. And they're the number one selling cookie brand in America. And I would guess they're probably the number one selling cookie brand in Canada as well. 
Got it. So, you know, the impetus for this product is that I believe that there is a like segment of the consumer base that grew up eating Oreos Mm. and like loves them and wants to consume them. But for reasons of, you know, either diet or health and wellness, they don't eat them anymore. Yeah. Part of our mission as a business is to kind of like, we want to make our customers happy Mm. by giving them back like their favorite cookie. Got it. You're not giving them back their favorite cookie. You're giving them back like these memories Mm -hmm. of of their childhood. Yeah. And new memories. You're, you're letting me find the joy of being a child. I used to dunk my Oreos in milk or in my hot chocolate. And then I remember actually, as I got older, I learned that somebody would eat an entire row of Oreos. And I was like, got it. Like people love Oreos enough that they would eat a whole row. And then on the contrary, I would say, but why wouldn't you save them and cherish them and, and hang on. So you didn't ever run out of Oreos. And I don't say that about any other cookie. So it's a thing. Well, I mean, when I was in high school, I used to come home and Friday night, Saturday night stone, I used to crush an entire box. Oh, box. Okay. Okay. And that's not, I've talked to other people before. That's not Not uncommon. Yeah. Not uncommon. The other thing is what I've read, which is really fascinating, is that there's multiple studies that have been done with rats and these cookies. It's Mm. the combination of fat Mm. and sugar, Mm. highly addicting. Yeah. And they have done studies, and I will send you the articles, and perhaps you can put the links in the comments or or whatever in the thing and in that rats it's more addictive than crack and cocaine to rat they would they prefer the oreo when given both got it that really puts our addiction to sugar into perspective in a wild wild way combine sugar with something else and yeah i mean perhaps a lethal combination sugar is the drug for sure yeah okay and it's sugar consumption and overconsumption of sugar is Mm directly responsible for like the epidemic of obesity mm. in North America. I mean, directly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, so these are low sugar or no sugar? These have no sugar at all. We sweeten them with a combination of allulose and monk fruit. Got it. So okay. we don't use any stevia because I don't know anybody who thinks that stevia tastes good. Okay. Uh, and we don't use sugar alcohols because they commonly cause mm-hmm. intestinal discomfort. That's being yeah. generous. That's, that's a very nice way of putting, <laughs> of putting it. Absolutely. Okay. And where does the name Sundays come from? It's a great question. So it's like anchors back into that time of nostalgia and childhood where it's like a Sunday afternoon mm. and you're like at home Maybe you're like, you know, it's 1986, you're playing like video games with your siblings or your parents are in the kitchen cooking dinner. You're, you know, like wrestling with your brother playing football in the backyard or, you know, football's on and your dad's watching. It's all those most joyful, happiest memories from our childhood are sort of anchored into that little world, right? And so, you know, with Oreo, it's so cool because... I mean, this is a cookie that is in rarefied air. Like mm-hmm. there's so few things that are straddle this intersection of nostalgia and also are so culturally relevant. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. they did a freaking collaboration with Supreme. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Like, the, like there you go. And this is a cookie yeah. that was made in ni- 1912. Wow. Oreos were made in 1912. <laughs> yes. Gosh, I do remember their collaboration with Jurassic Park when they made the insides, that fluorescent dinosaur green. Yeah. Yeah. They do it but all. I mean, they're really got cool. the, yeah. they really have their finger on the pulse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love it. We were just talking about how bless the Sabbath and whether it's, you know, Friday for some or Sundays for others, the moments when stores were shut and the time when we were forced to rest. And when you say Sunday, I just, in my world, stores weren't open on Sunday. You had to have fun together. You know, you made fun Mm -hmm. and you ate Oreos and I really get that. We'll make sure that your LinkedIn profile is attached in the show notes as well, because we came to reconnect over some of the thoughts that you were sharing about entrepreneurship and about launching on LinkedIn. And you popped up and I was like, what the heck? Where is this guy now? What's going on? I want to hear about these new cookies. And admittedly, I assumed that there must be something else to them. I was like, oh, come on. There's some psychedelic. This is something for something. And you're like, no, no, no. It's a great cookie. And before we hit record, you said that you were chronically unemployable And that is such a beautiful line in this era where right now people are calling it perhaps the great resignation, perhaps the great awakening. We're all questioning our work. And the fact that you took the pandemic to come up with and remind us of joyful days. I'm just wondering if you can riff a little on how you have made it through the uncertain times, whether you did or didn't have certainty, you created during those times and you were self-aware enough to say, I'm not going to just go and run to a job I don't love or I won't love because I know I meant to be an entrepreneur. It was never even a decision for me. Mm. It's not in my DNA. Okay. Like, Do you I remember just the last time you had a job? Yeah, I was 19. 19. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And yeah. I worked at, I went to Laurier, which is a university in Waterloo, Ontario, for like five seconds. And by that, I mean like, you know, less than a year. Yeah. And I uh, had a job there. I was like working on the line in like some kitchen. Yeah. Some like restaurant. And I'm a huge fish fan, you know, the band fish. Yeah. Yes, and, of course. And, I remember. And so this was in 99 and 99, 2000, they did their like millennium show in Florida. There's like 130,000 people there. I made sure to communicate to management. I was going to be gone on these days. They totally greenlit. It's fine. I went, I came back in the time that I was gone. The chef left. Some new guy was there. The day I got back there, like you're fired. You didn't show up on new year's. I'm like, I got permission to go. What are you talking about? Like he's gone. You're fired. And then Mm. at that point I was like, you know what? I'm going to just like not have another job. Yeah. That was it. That was it. So it was a decision in that moment. And yet the pandemic hit entrepreneurs in a big way. Um, Mm -hmm. Undeniably, some made it through, some chose to close shop, some chose to do something completely different. What was your relationship with the last few years while you've been building and birthing, if you will, Sundays? On the one hand, it's been like this fairy tale dream for me because it's not been real life, Mm. right? Whatever that is. Building a brand over the course of two years is not a nine to five job. No. So I've had a lot of free time doing these like 
you know, I really, I really took advantage of the time I have to get in like insanely best shape of my entire life and take these like long winded sort of midday two to three hour workouts, which I know like I've gotten really into fitness over the last 10 years and really is so imperative for me to be able to perform at a high level. Um, and so really set that foundation for me because I know like once the business launches, you know, I'm going to have to give some of that up the last two and a half years or so has just been like this breath mm. where it's just been very spacious. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's really spacious. Like things are being redefined. Structures are being redefined. Norms are being redefined. And I feel like it's been a very open-ended time to build a business in a really thoughtful way. And, and, you know, now, and I posted about this on LinkedIn, obviously market dynamics have shifted dramatically over the last six weeks, right? And starting a business right now, there's a real silver line mm. because it's going to force you to do it in a really methodical, really capital efficient, really sustainable way. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to make it otherwise. Yeah. Right. And so kind of forces you to be really creative forces me. It's going to force me to be even more creative, even more resilient and even more resourceful than I otherwise would have been. Yeah. Got and it. So I'm really grateful for that because as we're going to come out of this next cycle, which who knows what it'll be, but you know, let's say two to three years, those businesses that have been able to structure their businesses in that way are going to be just really set up to win. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. We need to come back to spaciousness. And you said, you know, you're not working nine to five. And I thought you were going to say you're working 24 seven. And instead you said, wait, wait, no, like my nine to five is when I choose to, so that I have space in the middle of the day to sweat. And I need to hear more about that. How have you chosen how to move your body? What does it mean to you? and, And what are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing a mix of like high volume resistance and weight training and cardio. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. Killer yeah. rec center here in Saanich. It was the rec center that was built for the Commonwealth games in 94. So it's like this freakishly, like really nice rec center. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I love moving and just feeling st- strong, you know? Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Have you shifted your relationship with food yourself? Oh yeah. (laughs) That's like a topic of conversation in my household for sure. So I am like a natural food dork. Like Mm. I have been someone who's been like yo-yoing and in a good way, just like experimenting for me, it was never about weight loss. It was about just like finding the thing that's like the optimal fuel for my body. Yeah. And I've gone all over like raw food was my like interest in raw food that brought me to juicing the whole spectrum right now, my diet is kind of like Mark Zuckerberg's t-shirts or whatever. I eat pretty much the exact same thing every day for last year. So I started, I don't know how I feel about sharing this, but I'm going to share it anyway. So like many people, I saw the liver King on Instagram, you know what, you can think what you want about him, but I think what he espouses, there's a lot of value there. Hmm. And so I started getting really into organ meat, eating a lot of like primarily animal-based. Okay. 
Steph, I haven't eaten a green vegetable in like probably close to a year, maybe even a little longer. I can't not believe, <laughs> I was like, I don't know liver king and I can't believe this is true. Okay. Sorry, a lot of people that are going to watch this are going to know who he is and you should check him out. Yes, great. Okay. And my friend Jody, who started as a raw health nut who made the most delicious juice and we used to riff over turmeric from Hawaii is now eating animals and not yeah. green vegetables, you say? I have not eaten a green vegetable in probably like a year. Okay. Can you tell us why? Yeah. You know, I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. Yeah. Why do we eat vegetables? Okay. I'm going to answer it because yeah. we're just taught from the very beginning. It's just like indoctrinated in us yeah. that vegetables are good. Right. They're good for you. Yeah. Right. Well, then the question is, well, why, what are you getting out of it? Right. Mm. So you're getting these vitamins and these minerals and these nutrients. Right. Mm. And so as I started to really like dive into the science and nutritional research behind that, you start to find that they're actually a pretty inefficient source of vitamins and mm. minerals. Like they're okay. not very dense in those nutrients at all. Okay. They're 99% fiber. Mm. And the nutrients and the minerals that are in vegetables are like current research. This is as of like 2017 from Michigan State University. It's like respected research shows that the bioavailability of the nutrients and the vitamins and the minerals that are there are like somewhere between 10 to 15 percent. Okay. Around 10. So you're not absorbing very much of what's there and there's not very much there to begin with. Yeah. And then when you compare the nutritional profile of vegetables to animal to red meat and to organs it's like night and day i mean it's not even night and day it's like some of these values are like a thousand times what they are in like kale right the other thing and i've been learning this recently is everything in nature has a defense mechanism mm -hmm to not be consumed, right? Mm. The exception to that are fruits. Fruits don't have that. The reason why fruits don't have that is because fruits have evolved to be eaten because that's how their seeds are propagated, mm. right? Vegetables like animals have legs, right? A porcupine's got spiky things, right? Yeah. Things like kale has chemicals in the leaves and the seeds mm. and the roots that have a real deleterious impact on your gut health. It's thought that they're contributing to a lot of autoimmune issues. Mm. They have oxalates and lectins and things that actually draw and inhibit the absorption of other mm. things like iron and vitamins and minerals. So they're honestly not that great for you. And so then okay. to go back to my original question is like, well, why are we consuming them? Well, because they have all these things. Well, organ meat has all those things times a million. Right. And, and it's almost hundred percent bioavailable. Right. Right. You know, it's kind of like the omnivora's dilemma. It's like that question of, well, what do we eat? We can eat anything, right? Mm. So what do we eat, right? Yeah. It's not that I don't like vegetables. It's like, I just, I don't need them. There's no room for them anymore. Mm. Do you consume and fruit? I do. I do. Fruit, okay. Love fruit. And love so my, my diet right now is primarily like organ meat, muscle meat, primarily cow. Mm and white rice and potatoes are my source of carbohydrates mm -hmm. and I eat chicken eggs and I fry things in bone marrow mm -hmm. 
mm. and like beef tallow and ghee. And I eat oatmeal. I eat steel cut oats in the morning. I drink a ton of coffee and that's it. Got it. That's pretty much it. And look, I'm not like militant about it. Like we have like pizza night with my family and all indulge in that. It's not a big deal, but my foundation, my baseline is what I just said. Yeah. Right. I thought that we would talk about a cookie. What I want to say is I knew I wanted to talk to you about so much more. And it's the beauty of hitting record to say like, where are all the different directions? What is our relationship with time? What is our relationship with what we used to eat and why we thought we needed to eat it? And it's Mm -hmm. from sort of that exploration that we're able to say what doesn't exist in the world that I want to create and what is our relationship from 1912 when how many generations, this would be like the fourth or fifth generation that is eating an Oreo. Like to think grandma, great, great, great grandma used to have access to Oreos and here we are. And I love so much that you will share your perspective, especially coming from someone who used to only eat kale, who literally, I feel like would eat kale by the bushel. I ate a lot of kale. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw this, like one of these Instagram stories is hilarious. It was like from one of these people who eat like me. And he was like, if you cook your kale in a little coconut oil, it makes it easier to scrape it into the garbage. <laughs> Right. And so, you know, these are honestly kind of difficult conversations to have with people because Mm. it's such dogma and it's such gospel that vegetables are good for you. Right. It's like to tell someone that kale's not actually as good for you as you think it is, or it's, you know, you shouldn't be eating. I mean, it's like so, such a radical statement. Yeah. Sacrilegious, really. Like gardens that are growing. How could you not want to garden? Exactly. And so telling someone that they're kind of just like, oh, but like, look, Mm. we thought the earth was flat too at some point. Mm. Yeah. You're here to challenge our thoughts. And I love that about you from the very beginning. I mean, you told me why turmeric from Hawaii was the best thing ever and I should drink it every day. So we can think that and it's great. And we live in Canada now and our accessibility to turmeric from Hawaii isn't quite as readily available yet. That doesn't change the fact that it is. And it was a really delicious thing to consume. And here we yeah, are. In my, in yeah. my opinion, turmeric has not changed. Turmeric has not changed. Okay. Turmeric my, is so great. My opinion on turmeric has not changed, but just yeah. to circle back. I mean, also like the reason why just to really get to the sort of meat of it, pun intended, is that no pun. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why I'm continuing to eat this way is because I have never felt better. Like I, my body responds to animal protein in a really positive way. Great. You know what works for you. And you live in a place where you have accessibility to it without too many people in between you. Correct. Your access to farmers is legit. Yeah. All the meat that we buy, that we try to buy is locally grown here on the island. Amazing. That's so cool. You know, depending on where you live, I mean, that's not that hard to do these days. Yeah. Thank you, farmers. And let's do that because we need to keep farmers in business now more than ever. I can't believe. Yeah. I couldn't believe that to be more true. Okay. We're going to circle back to the land of Oreos done Jody's way. Because you mentioned CPG and you mentioned that sometimes founders need to start and figure some things out and start again and then figure some more things out. 
And I'm wondering if we can get the like entrepreneur top three tips and tricks from Jody. I have an idea. Is now a good time? The markets suck. What are your thoughts for others based on what you know to be true? Because you've been through this. Yeah, in CPG, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of great companies that are many great businesses are built across all different categories and verticals during recessions. Mm. And so, you know, I think in that regard, the cream is going to rise to the top because capital Mm. is going to be funneled into just the best businesses, right? Mm. And so you need money to run a business. And, you know, the ones that are just flyers, they're not going to get funded anymore, Mm. right? And so... I mean, in CPG in particular, I hope I'm answering your question. I mean, I would say weird doesn't scale. It just doesn't. Weird doesn't. Weird doesn't scale. Okay. Like, you know, there's many examples of this. A previous company of mine, we sold a single serving chia pudding cup. Yeah. Right. I think that was an amazing idea. And I still think it's a great idea. One thing that I try to communicate to other early stage founders is that not all good ideas are going to make a good business. Mm. Right. And so you really have to understand the distinction between those two things. Mm. And, you know, as founders, like we all think that the thing that we're doing is like the next best thing. And everyone's got to know about it. Right. And as you should, you wouldn't be waking up every day, especially in CPG, but in all business in general, and spend all your waking hours doing something that you're statistically guaranteed to fail at. Right. If you didn't think that. Yeah. You know, that's important. But then there's also the other side of that coin, which is not to drink your own Kool-Aid. Mm. Right. And I think a lot of businesses are like, and I was one of them. They're like these egoic projections of the founder. And they're like, mm. everyone is going to love this because I love it. Right. Right. And as a founder, it doesn't even matter if you love it or not because you're not the customer. Yeah. Right. Like you're not the one buying it. So, and that's kind of where that Kool-Aid drinking I think comes in is like, it takes a real developed sense of awareness and just kind of checking your ego to consider that this thing that you think is this greatest idea, maybe isn't as great as you think it is, or maybe it's going to be really great to like a really small number of people, which good luck creating a business, a a successful one when you're marketing to just like the 2%. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's CPG and we can stay within CPG or if you were to think beyond CPG, I recorded a podcast recently with another really brilliant gentleman who came from South Africa. And I said, what does Vancouver or British Columbia for that matter need now? And he had a really great answer. And I think that you're someone so excellent. You know, you've seen the world and you know that 2% and you know the greater span. I'm going to cut us off and say, we can't say that we need Vancouver to become more livable. That's I think we'll all agree is something that we need. Yet when you look at this place that we call home, British Columbia, what do you think we need as a province? That's a good question. We need more doctors. We need more doctors. Oh gosh. I live in Squamish right now and we are on like a serious doctor shortage. It's everybody. I mean, we cannot get it. Like we don't have a doctor right now. You know, I still feel like pretty new to this province. Like I've lived here on and off for 
20 something years, but like, I've, I've always felt kind of transient. Like I always came and left, you know, and now I'm here yeah. and I'm here for the indefinite future until I inevitably moved to Hawaii when our daughter grows yeah. up and moves. And so I still feel pretty new here because we've lived here the entire time that we've lived here was like during the pandemic. Right. You know, so it's yeah. kind of like, I feel like we just got here. Okay. But doctors, I think. Yeah, yeah we need doctors. We need so. doctors. So if you're a doctor, move here. There's lots of people that want you. Yeah. I think it's so beautiful because what we need is to remember the past. And we get that with Sundays. Does that mean I always eat them in twos? You're not going to eat just one. Exactly. You <laughs> imply the plural. And I like that. Okay. Our last question that we wrap with now is coming back. So we go big and now we come back right to you to say, I want to know what's making your heart beat faster right now, Jody. Just the excitement of just this thing. That's like this business is like started as like an acorn, right? Mm. Like an acorn is such a cool analogy yeah. because in an acorn is like the energetic potential of a tree, right? Of like a massive oak tree. Yeah. Right. But it's, there's so many factors that determine whether that acorn grows into a hundred plus foot or whatever year old tree, or it doesn't do it, or it doesn't even sprout, right? Or yeah. any one of a million different iterations in between, yeah. right? And so this business has been like, it's exactly been that. It's been this acorn that got planted and we didn't talk about like the development roadmap and we don't need to go in there, but there was many for one, technically, maybe this is for a separate chat, is that there were weeks when I didn't even know if this was even technically possible. Yeah. And so there's just, there's just so much like roller coaster. It's been this crazy roller coaster for the last two plus years to bring this product to market. And now the finish line is finally in sight. And so, you know, I'm just incredibly excited to get this out there because I know there's really strong product market fit for it and a lot of demand for it. So yeah. it's going to be really fun. And for me, business is a creative outlet. Yeah. But you know, there's only so much you can do to prepare for a launch. It's kind of all been done. So now I'm looking forward to really getting to express more of that creativity on the other side of it. Yeah. Gosh, I can't wait. I know we're out of time. I appreciate every minute. I appreciate every nugget and every acorn that you leave with us and whether it oh, does or tough. doesn't become an oak tree. It's so wonderful to gain perspective, really, of what it's like to live for a day in the shoes of someone who's been brave enough to go for it. And that's you. So oh, thank thanks. you. Yeah, you're so great. Thanks for having me on. I, I love rapping with you. And I know this isn't going to be the last one. No, more, more with cookies. With cookies. Yes. Hopefully I, we're, we're shooting for like a Q3 launch. All right. I yeah. love it. Q3 2022. That's the plan. I love that. All right. I'm here for it. Cookies Thank in you. the fall. Let's go. Have a beautiful day. You're awesome. Bye. Bye.